We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And a very good evening and welcome to Talk Sport here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. It's Kilkenny's, Kilkenny's number one sports programme. We're here up until 7 o'clock. Live on 88.7 FM and crkc.ie. As we build up to the Littlewoods Ireland Camogie League final on Sunday evening as Kilkenny face Galway. More about that game later in the programme. We'll chat to our panel here in the studio. We'll also catch up with Elaine Aylward. Also on the programme, we'll reflect on Royal Ascot. Bring you our usual Greyhound slot. Preview the US Open in golf. And we'll also chat to James Blanchfield from Kilkenny Rugby Club. So a packed hour ahead if you want to get in contact with us our taxback.com text line is 086 353 Right let's not waste any more time and head to racing and here as always is Seamus Brophy Evening to you Seamus Very good evening Liam How did you fare with your tips? Uh, yeah we did okay we hit the goal or the crossbar rather than the goal post Monday and Tuesday we got it or Tuesday and Wednesday we got it right Thursday and uh, we got no run at all today, Thursday. Yeah. So, look, uh, that's the way it is. Anyone involved in this racing game, you take the ups with the downs. As simple as that. The race today, Liam, at uh, Down Royal, and there's an evening meeting currently on the go below in Limerick. Starting with the winners from Down Royal, there was a couple of maiden hurdles there. And the first one went to the Money on Favourite, Western Victory, at 2-7. to seven. Declan Quealy and Shane Fitzgerald the 150 also made in the hurdle Mars Harper was first past the post uh, number 5 at 7 to 1 Denise Foster and Luke Dempsey the 220 which was a 2 mile 4 made in the hurdle Aldo Apache, Colin Murphy one time champion hurdle trainer from Wexford obliging there the 255 division 1 of a handicap hurdle this one uh, was the first of a double for Emmett Mullins first number 1 Blackstairs Rocco 10 to 11 favourite Mikey O'Connor the 330 that one went to number 10 Aliam 18 to 5 favourite Jordan Gamford from Wexford rising for Denise Foster Peter Fahey obliged in the 405 with his Viserian 130 and uh, Tommy Brett there was doing the steering. The 440 which was an amateur rider's uh, Phillies bumper. First number two Fizzle Rock at 14 to 1. Uh, Hugh Macwan was the jockey there and the second part of a double came up in the 510. The Gossiper 7 to 4 for Mikey O'Connor and Emmett Mullins. Uh, on the flat this evening, uh, they had a 4.15 start in Limerick, a claiming race, and this one went the way of the favourite, uh, GN uh, Pressing, the 5-4 favourite, your lines and column Keane. The 4.50, a maiden auction, this one went to Snappius, number 
six at 92, Joseph O'Brien and Mikey Sheehy doing the writing there. The 525, the Adair Phillies race. Uh, this one went to Cora trainer Ken Condon uh, with Let's, horse number five at 13 to two. And the Goresbridge man of Niall McCullough riding there. And it was a good afternoon for Johnny Morte, both uh, sides of the Irish Sea. He won the listed event over a mile four with Sonny Boy Liston at six o'clock. Returned the six to five favourite beating Sun Chart Shane Kelly. He doesn't get many opportunities, but he was seen to good effect on Sonny Boy Liston. The uh, reason for that double today, Liam, was uh, brought up uh, with the Ascot winner. We had only one Irish winner up to coming on air uh, with the 610 still to go. And the Coronation Phillies, which was the big event of the afternoon, uh, that one went to alcohol-free in the form of Andrew Balding and Oshin Murphy. And the handicap uh, that I watched, uh, which was the 5 o'clock, uh, the Sandringham Stakes, that one went to Curra trainer Johnny Murta with Create Belief, ridden by Ben Cohen. And Ben is a 19-year-old. He's up there from Killing All, and uh, well done to Ben. You'll always remember your first winner in uh, Royal Ascot. Leamy, uh, will we chance a couple to, to, to get us out for the remainder of the card? Sure, go on, uh, we'll be brave. Be brave, okay. And be brief as well, I heard that under <laughs> your breath. Six, uh, the 6.35 is a maiden event which comes up uh, in um, Limerick. And look, there's a lot of dead wood in this for a maiden. And even though it's a drifter, I like the uh, daughter of lawman called Lyle. Uh, this one owned by the Bally Lynch stud in conjunction with John Magner and Michael Tabor. And I was just wondering, will Lyle, L-O-Y-A-L, be an each way play at 10 to 1 in the 6.35? Moving on to the... 7-10 race, which is the first of division of an apprentice race. And here again, uh, my horse is a drifter, but I like him for the simple fact that uh, he's an original Aidan O'Brien horse and he only got a handicap mark when he joined Dennis Hogan. And that was a mark of 72 and runs today after uh, four uh, unsuccessful runs off a mark of 61. Victory March put him in in the each way part of your lucky 15 for the evening. And uh, so much so do I like uh, Dennis Hogan and his uh, stable apprentice, um, Joey Sheridan. And Joey, of course, was over in Royal Ascot earlier in the week on Princess Zoe. There's three non-runners in the... R- second last race uh, below in Limerick and that is the 7.45 but of the ones that do run, uh, why is that? Uh, horse number 7 he's currently trading at 3-1 to one. and to finish off the lucky 15 we go to the 8.15 which is a handicap and the one we like here is uh, Kevin Manning sticking around for the last race to ride for his father-in-law Jim Bulger Hookhead, horse number five, and he's trading someplace around 92. So if you put all of those together and they come home in the first three, the big fella told you so. All right, Seamus, pleasure as always. Thank you very much. And Bear and Jim will be along tomorrow after 12 o'clock with, all, with a full dissection of your predictions plus a look ahead to tomorrow's meeting in Royal Ascot. Pleasure as always, Seamus. Thanks, Leamy.
Sunday evening sports special from 6 to 9 o'clock on Kilkenny's only community radio station is sponsored by Country Style Foods and Chadwick's of Kilkenny. Community Radio Kilkenny City Sports Team brings you the Division 1 Senior Camogie League Final as Kilkenny take on Galway in Coke Park on Sunday evening at half past seven. Reports all the way as the game unfolds at GA headquarters. Country Style Foods and Chadwick's of Kilkenny supporting Kilkenny Camogie. Community Radio Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM, number one for sport. Do tune in for that. A very good evening to Jim Rowan. He wants to wish all the very best to the Kilkenny Camogie team on Sunday evening. Thanks a lot for getting in contact, Jim. Our taxback.com text line is 086-353-7782. I can tell you after 52 minutes in their Group D match at Euro 2020, it's one apiece between Croatia and the Czech Republic. And later on at 8 o'clock, this game needs no build-up. England meets Scotland. So that'll uh, capture the imaginations of plenty of people in that part of the world. But we're going to go to golf now and it's big weekend with the US Open ahead and Paul Brophy is here. Evening, Paul. How are you doing, Liam? How are things? Not too bad in yourself? Good, good. It's Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're all in good form on a Friday. Um, Shane Lowry and Rory McIlroy both involved in this event and uh, I'm sure you have a few bits and pieces locally as well. Yeah, um, Shane, Shane Lowry, he's um, not uh, teeing off until about quarter past nine our time. He was he shot one over there there yesterday. Um, Russell Henley still leads. He, he's on minus four. And Richard Bland, he's... He's now on minus four as well uh, through eleven holes. He's he's made up made up a bit of a gap there. Francesco Molinari and Angel Cabrera are still there on three three under par, and uh, Bryson the the, Bo- the Beauchamp didn't have a great day yesterday, but he he's coming back. He's fighting hard. Of course, he's he's the 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 defending champion. He's level par now after after two after nine holes. He um he um had a, a fantastic eagle put there. Er, only a couple of minutes ago, so he's mm. he's right there in, in contention as well. And so doesn't it show how quickly things can change in an event like this? Oh, absolutely! One hole can make a huge huge different difference, and there's lots of other people. There's uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick; he's on one under par. Uh, Terrell Hatton on one under par. You know, it's a it's a challenging golf course, and we have Brooks Kepa there on um, two under mm. par as well. So, and, and John Ram, of course, who who's back after um, his unfortunate. You know, being, yeah, being diagnosed with with COVID, um, he's on two on mm. two under par, and I think he would, John John Ram wouldn't be a bad bet because he was playing well mm. uh, before he got. But would a disturbance like that maybe affect your game, or is it just does, is that just cast aside now? I think it's it's cast aside. I think the most important thing was he was playing well. So yeah, when you're playing well, that's mm. that that's the mo- most important thing, and also in ladies golf, uh, Leona Maguire was doing extremely well just bring that up there now mm. I can tell you at the US Open at the moment while we dig out Leona Maguire's progress yep. Richard Bland is top on four under par he's joined top as a matter of fact he's joined by Russell Henley yeah Leona Maguire she's going out at um, ten past eight hour time she shot seven under yesterday she's only two two shots off off the lead and that's in um, Blightfield Country Club in in uh, America so she always seems to be there thereabouts oh she, she is she um when she turned pro, she was um, number one amateur. So she's a she's a very very good player. I was just reading a bit of her bit of her background there on Wikipedia. It's it's pretty impressive. And her sister Lisa is, is a pretty good golf golfer as well. So a lot a lot to look forward to over the next uh, couple couple of days. And speaking of elite golfers, unfortunately, it wasn't to be for Mark Power in Nairn in Scotland. 
he was beaten in the last 32 by Connor Wilson on the 18 Mark did he did very well to mm. to qualify he shot a two over and a two under in both his um, uh, qualifying qualifying rounds to qualify with level par but it's um, the semi-final of the British Amateur took place today and Monty Scottswell uh, there's a name there is a name defeated James Ashfield and uh, Laird Shepherd um, defeated um Jack Dyer on the on the 18. Jack Dyer, of course, a Worker Cup colleague of of um, Mark Power. So Monty Scottswell and Laird Shepherd play each other tomorrow in the in the final, which is over 36 holes. So mm. I was chatting to Mark actually during the weekend. It just shows what high standards he sets for himself. He didn't he didn't do too badly, but he was really frustrated with himself. No, he he didn't. Well, he's unfortunate since he didn't get to play play a, pra- a practice round and stuff like mm. that. But look, he's ha- he's had a. a f- phenomenal whirlwind couple of weeks and well hopefully fingers crossed he, he may get an invite to the Irish Open it'll be yeah. great to see him play play in Mount Juliet have a bit a bit of local interest there which would be fantastic and speaking of local golfers, there was the June monthly medal took place in Kilkenny and Tom Moore was the winner of 17 handicap with 62 points and Frank Morrissey was in second place um of 23 with uh, six, 64 points so fair, well done to everybody there and also uh, congratulations to the two uh, new junior juvenile captains in Kilkenny Golf Club uh, Sean Keenan and Ava Duggan held their drive in uh, there the other day so best of luck to them for, for the year and in other across all other clubs in Kilkenny um, in Callan the Callan's Interladies had a great win over Mount Juliet in the intermediate inter-club golf competition winning 3-2 so uh, congratulations to everybody there and a certain Claire Henriques was on, was on the team who oh. who might have a, a familiar father <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of putting it yeah exactly and and also the captain's prize took place in Callan uh, Dennis Lawler the captain there was for the ladies and Rita O'Neill was the win was the winner there so congratulations to her there ok Paul thanks very much as ever uh, let's go to the Greyhounds and Nikki sure Claire Enrique she learned from the best oh absolutely yes her dad is a noted golfer Gaelic footballer tried a bit of hurling and uh, I don't jack know of all I, trades oh yeah that man his talent knows no bounds Barry don't cough up I'd hope your dinner doesn't come up now when we're uh, praising you for Go that on. But one thing that he doesn't do, he doesn't tip dogs like you do. Now you said it. And by the way, Barry, that man spoke to me, so we have that organised. Right, the first race at Kilkenny Track tonight is on at half seven. Lovely even for Greyhound Racing, so there should be no problem with the uh, with the track from that perspective. It's a welcome to Kilkenny Track. It's an ON3525. And as I say, no real form to go on of any kind here. So I'm just going for maybe the names of owners or something like that. Going for number four, Lemon Adam. Adam, uh, owned by and trained by Colin Rafter to get home ahead of Jeremy Quinlan's from Port Leash's number one, Da Big O. What a name. What a name. Number two, uh, the, the COVID-19 protocols. It's an A8525. Again, I'm going for number five on that one. Stephen Hickey's all the way from a thigh. Art Skull Daisy, just outside the thigh there, to get the better of Patrick Murphy's Flamour Angie, number two. Moving on to race number three, it's the split the pot A7525, Liam Kelly O'Rourke. How about right. that? Are they, is is uh, Tom Canan hijacking our name? So, oh. Or maybe, are, is, is Barry Split the Pot sponsoring it is what I'm wondering about? 
about. We may get to the bottom of we that. We better get to the bottom of this. Barry, if you're sponsoring a Greyhound race, you better tell us here have you got permission. We're going for number one evening pal, Nicholas Clear owned and trained there from Kilkenny to get the better of another Stephen Hickey dog from a thigh there, a number four art skull, Jess. A race number three, four, sorry. It's an A6525 GRI traceability system going for number three there, the Fortunate Man Syndicate and Margaret Fortune trained, a well-known trainer there, number three, proved the point to get the better of Donald Hickey's from a ties there again, number five, Budget Talk. Moving on to race number five, number five. Yeah, and it's a 9 to a 5 to 5. It's the semi final of that stake. The quarterfinals were on last week. I'm going for number 6, a Sawdust Honda. I'm parochial on this one. It's from a, for a syndicate out our way, trained by Morty Lahey. I hope we can't go too wrong there. And I'm really going bold here because I'm saying Morty Lahey is going to get the better of a known McKenna trained Asian prophet owned by Bill Hayes from Limerick. Now, it's a bold one to say you're going for someone to beat on McKenna, but I'm just going to have a But punt. that's why you're sat there. I'm just I'm going for a punt. <laughs> and chance in me arm to be honest about it moving on to the second semi-final of that stake going for uh, Gavin O'Mahony's uh, Stories Matty another Murty Lahey trained uh, dog to get the better of number two Tom Lennon's for all the way from Leash there Lacken Park moving on to race number seven it's an A5 A6525 going for number four there Patrick Macklin's own Thomas Boogie trained Lady Blue number four to get the better of Michael Comforts down there from Carlos number six Mickey said moving on to race number eight and the Talking Dogs TV A5525 I love the names of these stakes I wonder how long does it take them to make them up going for number four Carol Shinken owned and trained Condor Amber to get the better of David Weddix our good friend David Weddix and David Barnes uh, number one Pronto Jane sorry Dave I'm going for um, I'm going for Carol Shinken he'll be on to us now I know he will be yes (laughs) going for race number nine it's an A4525 going to go for another Carol Shinken one there number two Condor Maisie owned and trained by the out in Mulnahone there to get the better of uh, Brendan uh, Brend- Brandon Ryan Webster's all the way from Thorless there number six ring my bell and the second last race of the night it's the Bile Sports A five A two five two five semi final. And I'm going for another Turles dog here. Number one, Bogger Gina, Lean Peacock's dog, an old reliable there to get the better of. Uh, another good dog, Henry Kelly's all the way from Carlos. Carlo Larkle, plenty of good dogs in that race. And finally, the last race around half past nine tonight when they'll be letting up the traps and getting ready to head off home is the second semi final of that stake. And it's number three, I'm going for Nicholas Nolan's Triangle Ricardo to get the better of. Number two, Michael Collins out there from Cuffs Grange, I think, or that direction, Burn Shorts Jet. And that's it for tonight in James's Park and good luck to everybody out there. Alright Nicky, thank you very much indeed. A big weekend ahead starting with Gaelic football and the JJ Cavanagh Son Senior Football County Final gets underway at 2 o'clock tomorrow in UPMC in Olin Park. That sees Mullinavat take on Moon Coyne. At 3 o'clock in the Junior Decider out in Callan in John Locke Park it's Carrick Shock taking on Greg Bally Callan while at 6pm in MW Hire Dunmore it's the meeting of Thomastown and Glenmore. We'll have eyes on all those games and then the big one on Sunday evening do tune in to our, to our sports special from 7 o'clock as Kilkenny take on Galway in the Littlewoods Ireland Camogie League final Barry Enriquez and Nicky Brennan what a partnership there will be at HQ in Crow Park covering that game for us so don't miss that so a packed weekend right here on Community Radio Kilkenny City 66 minutes gone in the Group D match at Euro 2020 between Croatia and the Czech Republic that game is still a goal apiece and as well as England and Scotland in the Euros we also have League of Ireland action this evening all 7.45 kickoffs bar one it's Bohemians taking on Drogheda United 
Longford Town go to Dundalk. It's St. Patrick's Athletic taking on Sligo Rovers. Shamrock Rovers are down at the RSC for a date with Watford. While at 8 o'clock, it's Finn Harps taking on Derry City. We'll look at the Camogie next. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Right, let's turn to Camogie and the Littlewoods Ireland Camogie League final in Crow Park on Sunday evening. Kilkenny take on Galway. We'll have our sports special from 7 o'clock with Barry Enriquez and Nikki Brennan in situ in Croke Park. But to look ahead to the game, we're joined by Elaine Aylward as always. Evening to you, Elaine. How are you? Hi, Liam. All good, thanks. Thanks very much for taking the call. Um, look, going by last weekend's game against Tipperary, a very strong last quarter to the game, but still plenty to work on for Brian Dowling's side. Yeah, look, it's probably not a bad place to be in two relatively poor performances, I suppose, against Limerick the first day and again against Tipperary last weekend for long patches of the game and yet still be in a league final. So, you know, winning games and still plenty of things to learn on. So not a bad position, I, presume, I suppose, for Brian and his team to be in. Yeah, do we have to maybe cut them a bit of slack at this time of the year? I mean, there's plenty of experimentation going on and, you know, the league is for trying out players. So should we just be patient and, you know, expect performances to come a little bit later when we head to championship? Yeah, I suppose so. Look, if you look at some of the players, I suppose, that are missing last weekend, the likes of Colette Armour, Claire Fielding, and of course, Katie Paris still to come back in there as well. They're massive players, not just from a, a skill point of view, I suppose, but from experience. They're players that have been there with Kenny through the years, and they've experienced the highs and the lows, and just on the field alone, as experience in the backs, and, you know, being able to talk other players through a game. So, you know, they're three massive characters to be missing from a team. And as you said, plenty of experimentation, and, you know, getting some game time into, into some of the panel that maybe would to seen it up to this year so but they're all positives to take from it and look as I said you're still in a league final and experimenting along the way and getting a great chance now to see how far that experimentation will take them Sunday night Yeah and having something to, do, having something to build on and maybe not being fully at it, it it can be a very very good thing because it gives management something to give out to the players and something for them to drive on to yeah, look, I don't think any of the players or management would have been happy with the, the full 60-minute performances over the last two games, and probably over the league in general. Like, even to look back to, to the first-round game against Dublin, you know, they scraped through it probably, you know, I think they scored 1-8 maybe, but wouldn't have been a massive performance. All right, the day against Offaly probably flashed it to deceive a little bit, you know, they put up 4-21 on the scoreboard, but since then, you know, it's been low scoring enough from a Kilkenny point of view, 2-10 against Limerick and conceded 13 points, and again last week, 3-12, and conceded 19 and I suppose it was the manner maybe in which they scored the 3-12 you know three points at the first water break that penalty by Denise in the first half to make it 1-3 at half time and 1-6 then at the second water break and all of a sudden shot into life then in the last 10 or 15 minutes so look well it might be a little bit worrying as regards scores and, and taking over for the full 60 minutes I think the character that the girls have shown the last yeah. few days is something to be really really positive about and if you took nothing else out of the league other than that and the kind of character and, and spirit that you're building in, in the dressing room I think maybe that's the, the one positive they can take from it Yeah and I'm sure a fast start is uh, crucial on Sunday night yeah, look, I think you, they probably got away with it a little bit against Tipperary. They never really pressed for a goal at any stage during the game, even when they were on top. And you just feel that maybe if they had threatened and had got a goal, that it might just have kicked it a little bit past Kilkenny. But, you know, you won't have that problem, I don't feel, with mm. Galway on, on Sunday night. Galway have, have forwards there, goal-hungry inside the likes of Siobhan McGrath and Ailish O'Reilly. And even when they moved Efo Dunhu in there for the second half against Cork last weekend and into extra time, she caused real headaches in there and scored two points could easily have been two goals so you know if you give those forwards the chance and maybe to supply a ball that the tip forwards got last weekend in the first half they will punish you more seriously on the scoreboard and that's something mm. certainly I think Kilkenny and, and Burndown will be looking for 
so obviously the forwards is there any other aspect of Galway's play that uh, should be of concern and we need to you know cut out on Sunday night yeah look they have a, a huge midfield I suppose I spoke pretty for who there in, in the full forward line but she's equally dangerous there on the middle of the field and herself and Neve Kilkenny there really have been a formidable duo there for over the last com- number of years now obviously Grace Walsh went out there last year in the All-Ireland final and had a storm of a game and, and kind of tore up that that script for, for Galway but so far this year the two of them have been very dynamic in the middle of the field and it's probably an area Kilkenny struggled a bit a little bit with mm. tip last week I felt you know um, Arena Friday and Roisin Howard had a really good opening first half and they were allowed to play really good ball into Cotavan in the full forward line and I think Kilkenny really struggled there in the middle for most of that first half they just seemed at sixes and sevens as to who was picking up who or who was marking who and you know if you give Aoife Dunhu or Neil Kilkenny that kind of opportunity they're going to drive at the heart of your defence they're, they're two really they're two forwards by nature they will drive forward and are capable of scoring themselves from the middle of the field or creating something bigger inside so I think Kilkenny will really need to nail down those two or whatever two start in the middle of the field for Galway on Sunday night Yeah and from our own point of view Elaine how do we maximise our potential and you know get going fairly early fairly early on because Galway is not a side you want to be trailing and have a you know a deficit fairly too early in a game no, and I think there's only so many get-out-of-jail-free cards you mm. can use in a game, and I think we might have used them up against Limerick and Tip already this year. So, look, you want to be ahead of them if you can, and certainly toes to toes, and you don't want to be chasing that kind of a game coming into the home straight. Um, an important start, I suppose, maybe to nail down a couple of positions. I thought, as I said, midfield last week, we were kind of at sixes and sevens as to who was picking up who, and just probably don't have a real properly settled half-back line there at the moment, you know. Um, obviously, Claire feeling to come back into it would make a huge difference whether she plays at, at six or at one of the wings if she's um, injury-free and fit to play on Sunday night. I think she could really settle down that half-back line and then that allows maybe Grace or Kellyanne or whoever's in the middle of the field to push forward a little bit more. I think maybe last weekend when they were missing, as I said, collecting the full-back line and, and Claire in that half-back line that maybe there's a little sense of trying to cover for one another and maybe cover too many positions and and nobody's really settled in one position. So I think if Brian could even, obviously pending everyone getting back fit and and being available for selections on the night, if you could start to nail down your team a little bit, I think that little bit of settlement will probably enable Kilkenny to push forward a little bit more and maybe concentrate on attacking more rather than the defensive element. Yeah, and we are missing two or three key players. How close to our best 15 do you think will line out on Sunday? Look, it's a tough one. Kilkenny and Galway are picked, obviously, in the same championship group for later in the year, but they're the two seeds in the group, and they're up against um, is it Westmeath and I think what the fourth team is. But you know, it's a group they would certainly be Westmeath and Clare. That's the other two teams mm. in the group. So I think Galway and Kilkenny would both be looking at coming out of that group as first and second, whatever way that pans out so you know they won't have a huge amount of I would say overly competitive games in the group stages and that's no disrespect to Westmead and Clare as I said but Kilkenny and Galway obviously would be overwhelming favourites to come out with so you know I think you need to get the most of every competitive game you can especially this year you know challenge matches it's a shortened year challenge matches are harder to come by I think any chance you can get to go full tilt against you know let's face it one of the other second best third best team in the country over the last couple of years I think you need to be at nearly your full your full tilt to go at it. I don't think Katie will make an appearance this Saturday night or Sunday night. I think you'll probably hold her for championship, maybe try and get a bit of game time into her rather than throwing her into the, the heat of battle on Sunday night and risking maybe a, a reoccurrence of an injury. But other than that, I think we're close, pretty much close to, to what will be the mm. championship 15. And and this really does have the aura of a big game. I know, you know, come the end of the year when we're reflecting on whether it was a good or a bad year, we won't be looking back on league finals, but it does have that big game feel to it and an important marker. 
It does, yeah, and I think that even bubbled over a bit last weekend in, in Nolan Park. I think it, there was a real sense, you know, they may only have been the league in inverted commas semi-finals, but mm. there was certainly a bit of championship battle to it, and we saw even in the Galway Cork game, you know, it went to extra time and almost to 45. Nobody wants to lose it, so whether they're huge games in the league or not, I think they are huge psychological markers for the year. You know, Kilkenny and Galway have met in the last four national finals and Galway have won two, Kilkenny have won two. So there is a huge marker to be set down there, you know, and, and the chase and pack then are watching to see what happens as well. So, look, I think any time you get to a national final, it's nice, to, it's nice to win it. So I don't think there'll be any shadow boxing or any... Um, fake teams or anything like that I think both teams will be going out to win it and as you said lay down a mark for later in the year mm. Do you feel we'll get over the line? Look the way things are going I said to someone after last one there's like how do you even analyse what Kenny have done <laughs> the last two days like there's just there's no logic to it in a lot of sense but look I think when you're showing that kind of character um, you know you can have all the, the stats and all the the skills and everything you need but when you have that kind of character it's very hard to back against it and it's probably something that we felt we would have been lacking in Kilkenny for a number of years but I just think winning last year with the, the guts the girls showed to win it last year and there's just a little bit something different in this panel at the moment and I think you know when push comes to shove on Sunday night I think they might just push it over the line and finally Elaine before I let you go on that point we've seen firsthand uh, the, how much development and work has been done in counties like Limerick and Tipperary can we read anything into that in the big picture could we see more teams uh, competing for the All-Ireland this year yeah, I think so, and I really hope so, because I think, you know, there's enough teams out there that are good enough to compete, and, and it makes it a more enjoyable championship. You know, there's no fun in, in saying, all right, Kilkenny, Galway, and, and Cork in the All-Ireland semi-finals, and what's the fourth team that will join them? You know, that's not a championship I think anyone really wants to, to enjoy watching, or it's not one that we can even market, but I definitely think the chase and pack, I thought, Chip put in a massive performance last weekend. I was really impressed with their setup, their hurling, everything I thought was top class, and you know, they did everything bar win the game, everything right bar win the game last weekend. And similarly, Limerick the, the weekend before pushed Kenny for all of that 50, 55 minutes and just maybe couldn't get over the line in the end. But there's certainly massive work going on. And I think a big thing is that they both have new management teams in. Um, Bill Manny is in Tipperary a couple of years. And I think you can really see the benefit of that now. Limerick have a new manager in this year. Pat Ryan is in his first year. Susan Erner in, in, Gal in Offaly. So I think if teams like that can keep the management structure, I think that's massive in Camogie and it keeps that flow coming through and there's a really good panel to build on year on year. If you look at the likes of Paddy Murray in Cork, you know, he's there 12 years or whatever it is. There's huge consistency there and continuity from year to year. Similar in Galway, Carl Murray's there a good bit of time and has his own standards. Everything is bedded in and it's mm. a well-oiled machine. Similarly in Kilkenny, look, I know it's only Brian's second year, but he was there with Anne for a couple of years before that as well. So I think that's really important for the development in those counties that they, they appoint a manager and a management team and, and stick with them for two, three years and make it a longer-term development thing. And I definitely think if that can happen in some of those the counties that are in, you know, f number four, five and six maybe at the moment, that they're capable of causing an upset on any given day in the championship. Elaine, always great to speak to you. Enjoy the game on Sunday and no doubt we'll catch up again soon. Thanks for taking the call. Will do. Thanks, No problem there. Elaine Ale were joining us to preview the Littlewoods Ireland Camogie League final. Don't forget our sports special from 7 o'clock as Kilkenny take on Galway. Now, this time next week, we will be playing Split the Pot and we'll have the results in. So, wherever you see the yellow box, box please do support. The winner of €627 Euro in our last draw was Dick Barco. That came courtesy of John Joe Cullen's Butchers. Uh, Morrissey Shop sold our second prize ticket. That went to Ian Morrissey. He picked up €50. Euros. And third prize with €30 Euros was Dennis Tracy. And that was one at Hennessy Dry Cleaners. Money, money, money.
you can play Community Radio Kilkenny City Split the Pot at the Lucre Supermarket and Service Station, Freshwood Road, Quick Mart, Lord Edward Street, Gala, Lock Boy, Hennessy's Dry Cleaning, Lock Boy, Morrissey's Supermarket, Friary Street, Paddy Canal's Butchers, Friary Street, John Joe Cullen, Upper John Street, Richie Kearns, Ballybuck Street, Walter Toyota, Hebron Road, The Spices Shop, Dean Street, JD Barber's New Park Shopping Centre, O'Brien's Butchers, Market Yard and Lockboy Shopping Centre. Be in it to win it. So that big game between Kilkenny and Galway is a 7.30 throw-in on Sunday. We'll be previewing the game from 7 o'clock, but don't forget our usual talk sport programme will be on the air from 6 to 7, so you'll be absolutely worn out with sport between 6 and 9 on Sunday night and music and sport between 2 and half 5, so don't miss that. Right, let's stick with Camogie and that Kilkenny-Galway batch on Sunday. Nicky, you will be up there for us. Um, are you confident heading up to it? Look, it's going to be a difficult match for Kilkenny. I mean, we uh, I was at, at the match last weekend. I saw the previous game against Limerick on the uh, on the YouTube channel, and uh, they were they got a real test against Limerick, mm. and uh, did very well to come out in the end. Probably the the strength of the bench was important for them against Limerick. Now, last week against Tipperary, Tipperary were a better team for fifty five minutes, but games last sixty minutes plus. And in Denise Gall, they had a player who was able to do extraordinary things in that period of time, and she was uh, she was the the, the key a person on the team and uh, the team responded to her they did play better in the second half apart from Elaine's goal from a penalty in the first half Kenny were really playing second fiddle and Cartavan was really running the show among other Tipperary ladies but Kenny did play better in the second half and uh, look they're in the final now they wouldn't have expected to be in the final five minutes from the end of last weekend's game but they're there now and uh, they did show in both games great fighting character and great resilience and uh, great attitude so from that point of view it's good. It would make their case a lot stronger if Claire Phelan and uh, Colette Dormer are available to play. No doubt about that. They're uh, they're certainly. Uh, would you risk them if they were available? I'd say Brian because it's a final. I'd say he might. He might. Yeah, well, he'll take an assessment on that. Bear in mind the championship draws are made, and while we're not certain yet, Galway are in the same group as Kilkenny, and it could be the first game in the mm. group as well because the two were drawn out first. Westmeath and Clare, the other two teams, which shouldn't give. I know Clare gave a little bit of a, a bit, two years ago they were tricky opponents here in the park and did the bet Kilkenny in a league game but nevertheless you'd expect uh, Kilkenny and Galway to be the two teams in that but Kilkenny as usual would like to get straight through to the semi-final so look it's hard to know I mean if the, if there's if there is a real doubt about uh, either of the two of them I think uh, they won't chance them Yeah Texter is asking about Katie Power it's hard to see her playing due to injury but we'll see her later in No the Katie, Katie at the moment uh, will probably be tugged out but she did get some mm. game time last weekend with the Kilkenny Intermediate team so she's back in the fold and I'd say the plan for Katie is to have her ready for the championship and the championship starts around the 17th of July so that's the plan for Katie Power Yeah great to see Katie making progress Pat it's um, it feels like a really important game we're winning matches which is good but at the same time you do want to be heading into the championship winning matches and playing well uh, yeah, they're playing Galway. Look, and Galway, they beat Galway in the All-Ireland. Last year, Galway beat uh, Kilkenny the year before, so um, there's nothing between the teams. Um, it, from what I can see, you know, defensively, not too bad. Um, the forwards are dependent uh, quite a bit on Denise Gall, I think, uh, both for leadership and everything else. And maybe that's the, the par- part of that too. And uh, I, I suppose Miriam Walsh, even the day against Limerick, she set up the two goals that day. But 
The thing I take about from the league is that Kilkenny scored one eight, two ten, and last Sunday three ten. So they're not scoring enough points. Yeah, that's the that's the bottom line. They're they're looking at goals to if you like to win the matches. So that's where they need an improvement. The other thing I'd say is that the work rate of the forwards in preventing the ball coming out that uh, improved a lot in the second half mm. against uh, Tipperary. Plus, there was a win factor which wasn't mentioned that much, like, you know, at half time, and it looked bad when yeah. you were 11 points or whatever it was. Um, they, were, they were down six or seven points, but there was a win factor. So, you know, that, that, that was another factor last week. So, but there's one thing you can't, uh, I suppose, question is the spirit. Mm. that's definitely there and while at times I think there are some of the younger players coming in in the forwards they're learning their trade a bit and maybe that's why we're not getting as many scores or as many points as we'd like but uh, that's uh, the league is serving them well for that and they're in a league final they're in Croke Park it's going to be a wonderful uh, experience forever for them all uh, whether I think there'll be nothing between the sides no and we've used the word sluggish a good bit since the league campaign has began Nicky but there's probably not a better quality in sport than being able to dig it out when you're in those type of positions no I agree and I think the other thing Pat said is important as well I think there's a number of younger players have got opportunities now mm. have they taken it? well look at they're, they're working ahead I mean you don't jump in and just suddenly you know yeah. come straight into the team and, and call it your own that's not realistic but there's the steady progress being made by the younger players I think what they're, re they're realising the, the, the work ethic that's required to win those games and um we, we do need to improve in the area of Pat just said their point scoring and that but I like the attitude of the younger players and, and that, that's important at this stage so the collective strength of the team plus the subs is important for Kilkenny and that's the sort of thing could win them the league final on Sunday but or in, yeah, Sunday night almost um, almost Monday morning um, <laughs> that's for another day yeah. um, but Galway will be, will be keen they'll be keen to win the game because it's a national title and the bottom line is when you get to play in the national for a national title and a national trophy you know you have to take it hmm. albeit that of course you don't risk players who may have to might, might not be quite ready with the championship around the corner but nevertheless I think both teams would be very anxious and you'll see a highly competitive game on Sunday yeah it's fierce hard on both sets of players Pat playing a match at that time time of the day <laughs> yeah it is it is a, a long day a long build up to it uh, but the, the thing about it is look Kilkenny did uh, to Galway what Galway did to Kilkenny the year before in the, in the All-Ireland so uh, they were, you know they were yeah. fiercely competitive the winners on both occasions were just out out worked uh, the opposition and uh, there's nothing between them so it's just going to be a real head-to-head -head that way. Yeah, and Parik Walsh had an angle about it in the, I think it was the Independent during the week that it mightn't suit the players playing that late on a Sunday night, but people will probably be at home at that stage, all the Euro games will be out of the way. It might bring greater exposure to Camogie. Well, there's no doubt about it. If you put a game on RTE, to be fair, I was talking to someone today now about that who's very much in the know in that mm. space, and uh, it will it will get an audience. There's no question about that. And on Sunday night, as you said, there'll people be sitting at home. Now there will be a decent crowd at the match in terms of whatever is, is required, but uh, no, there'll be there'll be it will get an audience. It's just it's a pity it couldn't have been during the course of the day. Uh, that was the that was the only. But it it could actually maybe get a bigger crowd maybe at night because people will be at home at. Uh, 
maybe not a lot Latin's on yeah and if you can't get to a television we'll bring it to you live here uh, the clock is, is up against us Pat I want to ask you about your team and that's in quotation marks <laughs> England they're playing Scotland this evening are you confident uh, yeah I think they're not our team now they're your team <laughs> well you see someone had to take him I, I, I said I better adopt him because they'd be homeless otherwise because <laughs> <laughs> the whole of your field against, uh, is against him but uh, Scotland will they have enough to get something from the game uh, I don't think so I think uh, England are way better than Scotland and in Wembley I think you know that uh, England will, will, will win it but uh, you know it's uh, Scotland will come uh, it's a do or die game for Scotland have to get something you're not going to do a Jack Grealish are you? <laughs> not really well I see Rhys James and Luke Shaw are picked to start tonight yeah. Liam so uh, I look at I'd, uh, I'd be, I'd, I like the old Scots I, I, yeah. <laughs> I like Scottish people they they play a shinty which is kind of hint <laughs> hurling you wouldn't know much about that and I like their mu- I like their music and obviously this is somebody ringing me now from the <laughs> Scottish camp to say a few words for well, it well uh, it could be from the it's Scot- actually Barry the, Henriquez the, on the phone here now yeah. he doesn't even realise yeah. we're in the, we're in we're the studio the, oh god Barry <laughs> Come on. So there you go now. <laughs> right, I get, I'm digging me Scottish jersey out. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's great. But uh, the one thing I noticed about these Euros is that, and uh, I think it has to be taken on board quite a bit, is that, uh, you know, a lot of the teams are, have home games. Yeah. You know, that's, it's... Uh, oh, yeah, that's and, true. And home advantage, and where I think the most significant result was uh, France going and beating Germany. With sizable enough crowds yeah, in some and, places. and Germany, yeah, well, you have 40,000 in Denmark. I know. Anyway, as you just said earlier, we have three football county finals. We'll be covering them all tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you all on Sunday night. Pat and Seamus from six o'clock here, and then the same two lads driving on myself and Barry later on. So there you go. If it's on, we'll be there. We'll chat rugby with James Blanchfield before we go. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, eighty-eight point seven FM. Right, let's turn to rugby, and we're joined by James Blanchfield from Kilkenny Rugby Club. Evening to you, James. Evening, Liam. How are you? Not too bad. Um, just before we chat tag rugby, uh, we should know Tim Corkery has been included in the Irish Six Nations squad to face Scotland. Fabulous achievement. Yeah, an incredible achievement for Tim. Um, as I said to everybody recently, it's, it's down to his own hard work. Um, obviously, we'd be a little bit, we in Kilkenny will be a little bit disappointed that he's not starting. Um, but look at, I mean, the, and I'm saying that from the fact that it's the second year in it, but. Um, we're we're all immensely proud of him and immensely happy for what he has achieved. And you know, he he he's going to have a big say um, throughout the Six Nations tour and through the under twenties. And you know, um, we we all hope that um, this is the beginning of something big for Tim going forward. Absolutely, well done to him. Um, Tag Roby out in Fookstown, James has it proved popular. It has, yeah, it has proved popular. Thankfully. Um, I suppose not, not, not as popular as previous years. Previous years, we always filled 24 teams. This year, we're in at 16 teams, but I think we all are in agreement that that's to be expected given the year that we've had. A lot of businesses aren't kind of open again and can't corral their troops to come out and play. And Other years, we would have filled a couple of teams through individual players who would have come together to, to make a team, and that, that, that hasn't been possible this year either through covid but regardless of that, it's it's going really, really well. Um, we had our second night of it last night, which was really, how should I say, the first night of competition in, in the tournament. The, the first night was really uh, a starter night to get people into the swing of it and get new teams in, understanding the, uh, mm. I suppose, the objectives and non-competitive side of it and the rules of it. So as of last night, then we really kicked off with the groups and all the teams have been seeded based on the first week. Yeah. So it was brilliant out there last night, playing in the sunshine, Everybody was playing it as it needed to be played. There was no 
how should you say there was no there was no overly overly competitive sides out there the bar was open and the bar will remain open then every week going forward so if anybody wants to even get out if they're not playing rugby would like to come out for, for, for a drink that's a great incentive James it is, it <laughs> is yeah yeah exactly so um, it's been great this year's tournament has actually been sponsored by by, by, by Modubuild so they've kind of had, we're sponsoring the club this year but given the season that, that's been in it we, we they decided just to transfer the sponsorship across to the across to the um, to the tag rugby so thanks to them but uh, yeah, it's 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 proven it's, prov- it's proven very popular out there, and as I said, it's it's been played in the spirit of tag rugby, which which is most important, you know, mm. sociable and fun. And it kind of strikes me, James, as kind of a COVID-friendly type of a game. Absolutely, you know, there's zero contact in it. There's no tackling. It's pass. It's 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 pass back, run forward. There's no tackling, and just pull the tag off a person's hip, and uh, they you just uh, you just play on. So that's your tackle. So it's. Um, it's a really enjoyable game as well, Liam, you know, and it is, as you said, it's COVID-friendly. That It's so quick, it's outdoors, teams of seven, roll on, roll off as well. So for a fellow like me, who'll be about 30, I, I, won't, I won't give it away, but in the late 30s, we won't shame for others, exactly, and even for others in their early 50s or beyond, you know, you can go on, you can play five minutes, give it everything you have and go off and stand mm. on the sidelines for 10 minutes and come back on. So it's roll on, roll off. So from that perspective, it's great. And, uh, yeah, it is. It is COVID friendly. So for anybody who may have have any, um, shall I say, reservations, mm. you know, it's it's it, it's not. It's it's it, it's zero contact. And the good thing is, is from that perspective of being zero contact, all the referees who 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 referee in the tag tournament in, in, in the Kenny Rugby Club have been refereeing refereeing in it for the guts of twelve fifteen years. So if we see something happening that. That, that we're not happy with we're kind of up to speed with it and we can call a fella or a girl up and say look just, just slow it down a little bit and there's no there, there's no need for being as aggressive and stuff like that so just, just to keep it as I said at the beginning played within the spirit of the game yeah um, we wish every we wish you well with that uh, initiative James and I'm sure your social channels are open if anyone is interested absolutely so on, on that we're on there's, there's a slight issue with the Kenny Tag Rugby Facebook page so if people want to reach out to us, they can reach out to us through the uh, to Kilkenny RSC on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, or uh, they can get us through our website either. Yeah. Uh, finally, James, uh, we have a new rugby championship coming. It involves the Pro 14 and South African clubs. Um, it, it seems like it's going to be very beneficial for Irish rugby, but I just wonder, James, could this damage Italian rugby, you know, more competitive sides joining the league? Are they going to be left further behind? Yes and no, but you... You, you can't hold up the progress of everybody else's tournament for the sake of two Italian teams. I said it to you a long time ago, Liam, that the Italian teams either, to get, either need to get on the bus or get off the bus, and I know they're trying, but you can only flog the same horse for so long and try and bring them on for so long. And there doesn't seem to be the development or progress in Italy that needs to be there yet. Um, in context of the, of, of the New Rugby Championship, I think it's going to be incredible for the Irish teams. Mm. I really, really do. That they're going to be playing. They're like they're they're going to be getting more competitive games. I think you and I spoke about this at Christmas. That they're going to be getting more competitive games. They're going to be getting more competitive games against better rugby teams with with superstar players. You know, like I mean, they're they're going to be Springbok players playing against them every week. That that's going to be incredible for the Irish teams, and it's going to be even more incredible for the development of young Irish rugby players because they're going to be coming up. When they're getting their chances with the provinces, they're going to be coming up against really good opposition, 
where up to now they've been getting their chances against look for want of a better way of putting it Mickey Mouse Italian teams who, who, who to their credit have done reasonably well this year but you know they're going to be getting their chances against yeah. against more robust South African sides yeah well, we'll the Welsh sides and the Scottish sides so look we'll see how we'll see how it pans out but I think I think as, as the fella says small pebbles make big ripples and yeah. you know I think the benefit of the rugby championship this new championship is going to be felt the whole way down to all of the channels of rugby even down to our own level at Kilkenny because there's going to be less games for the professional sides which ultimately means that a lot of the academy guys are going to have to go back into the club systems hmm. to, 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 to get their week in week out games which ultimately means there's going to be less potentially less of a draw yeah. on junior clubs for, for, for their stronger pairs to be going playing senior rugby so I, I, I think it can only be a good thing for the game hmm. it'll certainly be different James unfortunately the clock has beaten us we'll catch up with you again soon thanks for joining us good stuff Liam thanks for your time no Take bother care. that's James Blanchfield there from Kilkenny Rugby Club and that's another talk sport done and dusted we're back tomorrow at midday with City Sport do tune in for that Communities in Action is on the way with Paul bye bye take care we are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM